Hey everybody, welcome to Artifice Episode 3, featuring fine art painter Lindsay Fry. I've been a big fan of Lindsay's for several years now. Her paintings are vulnerable and evocative and challenging and so beautiful. Lindsay's work has been exhibited nationally since 2000 and featured in several prestigious publications. She's an artist in residence at the Huntsman Cancer Institute and also teaches at the University of Utah. And furthermore, Lindsay is just a gorgeous and generous and insightful human being. And I'm so excited for you to hear the conversation that we had. So, yep, here it comes. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections. But we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky. And it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Let's Make Art. The team at Let's Make Art understands that not everybody has the time and space to create, so they make it easy by providing paints, paper, tutorials, and inspiration for watercolorists of all levels. As a professional musician, I'm always needing new inspiration and new ways to explore my creativity. Let's Make Art helps me set aside time each week to work with my eyes and hands and give my ears a little break so I can get back to music feeling refreshed and re-engaged. To join the Let's Make Art community, visit www.letsmakeart.com and use promo code ARTIFICE, that's all caps, A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E, for 10% off brushes from now until May 1st. Up and up and up. I prefer the blanket. Okay, good. So it makes me feel cozy, and I like it matches. Me, Good, it does. Which is you really, match this whole room. It's really important to match. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I you're you're very well suited for this space. <laughs> so, I'm excited to talk to you. I so I, it, the way it was gonna work, you were gonna be like one of the very first people I interviewed, but now I've interviewed like several people, so <laughs> I think I'm better at it now. Oh Maybe. yay! We'll see. Um, so my goal is to kind of just talk about you know, how you make your business work, how you kind of, how you balance like your, your creativity and like making sure you have enough space and, you know, emotionally, mentally, and just in terms of like time to be creative, but also like to kind of make all the practical stuff work. You're assuming my business works. (laughs) Uh, I know your business works. Yeah. I know you're killing it. Um, But I also kind of just want to talk like kind of in a like a more holistic way about just, I don't know what it's like to be you and to kind of like have gotten to where you are and where your goals are. So um, so let's let's go back to the to the very beginning. Okay, And um, let's talk about just like how you got into making art, even like as a as a child. So pre getting paid for art. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, you know, I'm the youngest of four girls and I like just really looked up to my sisters Mm -hmm. and I have, um, I have an older sister who was really into drawing. Um, and I just thought everything she did was super cool. So I got into art by, I would take her drawings and I would, I would copy them. 
I would take her drawings and like do exact copies of them. And I started to realize I was pretty good at drawing. Yeah, that's awesome. And then it just kind of, it was just the thing that I did that I was good at and I, I rolled with it. So, um, so at that point, maybe like, did you feel creative about that or did you just kind of feel like you were, you were just kind of like going, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't start out that way, obviously, cause I was copying someone right. else's drawings. Um, but I, I just thought they looked really cool and yeah. I wanted to see if I could do it. And, and I think that is, I mean, even now I think there is something to, if you like something, trying to figure out a way to replicate it. Absolutely. Um, well, but it's definitely not like, I wouldn't consider like original work, but it's good practice. Yeah, I know. I feel like that sometimes when I'm, you know, transcribing something else that I've heard from someone else, it's it's not creative per se, but it like, you you need input before you have output, you know, it kind of Absolutely. like enriches that, um, you know, kind of your whole, it's like a, it's, it enriches kind of your, your potential for creative output. So how, how old were you like when you started maybe drawing or, or painting things that were brand new ideas? Um, I mean, I, I was still pretty young when I started to like play around um, a little bit more. Um, definitely, I think that I had some pretty good art teachers. Um, my mom saw some potential and would mm. take me to some like I would, I would go to some life drawing classes cool. even as a teenager. That's awesome. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Sandy. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I had, I couldn't remember if you were from Utah. Yeah. That's great. I feel like I've never heard anybody have a story like that. Really? Like, I mean, I'm, maybe it happens, but I, I haven't, I haven't heard of that. I mean, I feel like most of the time people, even kind of the people that I've been talking to in all kind of different disciplines are starting out like in, in their high schools in some way. Yeah. Like, so that's awesome that you were kind of getting experience like outside and presumably with like adults. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was a pretty shy child and I also like, I struggle a lot with um, having a sense of self worth. Mm, yeah. So once I started to get some praise for it, it mm. was very encouraging and it was something I could do by myself. Yeah. So I felt, it, I felt comfortable. I felt like, I mean, I do, yeah. I wasn't someone who liked a lot of attention. I didn't like being watched. So I could do this thing that I could then show to people later. And right. Once you're kind of, once and it was a confidence builder and an outlet for me when I would, I like, I had so much social anxiety growing up Yeah. that me too. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, this is something that I think actually, I hear a lot of musicians, you know, I think people definitely have the idea that musicians are, tend to be extroverted, but when you're a child, music is really introverted too. Mm -hmm. Like it's something you're, you know, you're practicing alone in your bedroom. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of feels, it feels like a, like a bait and switch when like suddenly you have to. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of musicians that are shy, Mm -hmm. like, I think Isn't most musicians are shy. The, I heard that the lead singer of the Cowboy Junkies used to sing when they would perform live. She would sing with her back to the audience because oh it gave her so much anxiety. Miles Davis used to do that too. Yeah, Ugh. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, I don't do that, but I can, I can see why. I mean, oh, I yeah. would, I would be terrified. Well, and I think maybe sometimes it, we, the way that we cope with it, I and I think. I imagine visual artists do this too. In in some ways, um, we cope with it by like 
having a sort of persona and mm. and not that it's fake, but maybe it's just like an amplified version of something that inside yourself is like pretty small. Yeah. Um, that can kind of allow us to like go out and kind of do those things. So I used to practice accepting compliments. Yeah. Because I, I was like so, I, still... I was so bad at it. I would like, Oh, I really like that drawing. I'd be like, Oh no, you know, I can do better. And oh. <laughs> so I had, you know, cause there's, I was always like hard on my, I would push myself really hard, but I had yeah. to really practice having that. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that it does something for you. I have a really hard time with that too. I think that's very relatable. So yeah, I, I, I feel like I've heard lots of people say something along the lines of like, you know, I, I was really shy, you know, didn't want a, a lot of attention. Um, but then like also when you kind of get a little bit of it, kind of, kind of liking it and that kind of, I love accolades. Yeah. I love that. But it's just like that feeling of all eyes on me Yeah, is, well, I think sometimes for me, the thing that's hard is like having to respond, you know, like if you get feedback that's remote, Mm -hmm. you can just enjoy it, you know, but if you're getting feedback right in the moment, it's like, what do I, what, what do you say? What do you do? I've actually, I've recently started in the last few years doing a lot of boxing and Muay Thai. That's awesome. And it's so funny. Whenever I, my coach compliments me, I like mess up right after. Really? Like, Good, Lindsay. And then it's like, whoa, like my hands just <laughs> turned to funny. I'm just like, because I'm like, I'm basking in them. I'm like, oh, yeah. I did something right. And then I just, oh everything else falls apart right yeah. after. So it is very difficult, the response it's, part. It is. And it's, I don't know. I think it's really complicated. It's like, you know, you have that kind of like meta, like you start having thoughts about the thoughts you're having, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you, you feel good about the person's reaction and then you're like, well, d- am I allowed to feel good about this? Like, but what if yeah. it wasn't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm often, Spirals. it's so funny because now I, st- I'm starting to realize the more I can get away from like getting emotionally attached to like either praise or even like criticism yeah that they're both can sometimes be a distraction yes like, and like my job is to do my work and like I it's a it's a practice to not get caught up in yeah either of those let's talk more about that like okay. I mean because again I think that's it's so relatable and you know one of my motivations for doing this podcast is um you know all of us we we all know, you and I know, I guess we don't, depends on who the we is, but we know that there's tons of artists who are making their their full-time living doing art, but who aren't famous or who, you know, aren't totally broke. You know, we're kind of in the middle somewhere and we don't, it's such a bizarre experience. We don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's probably so common, that feeling that like focusing on any validation is, can be bad focusing on the criticism can be bad maybe we need to do both of those things sometimes so like what what has your experience been or what do you think now um I think that for me for my process it it's better for me to rely on what drives me internally than rely on what other people are praising me for Mm. and I think for a, a long time I was I was very um I felt very like pulled around by 
everyone's idea of what I should be. Mm. And they might even just be like a comment from like a professor or someone I respected, like, you know, Lindsay, you should do this. And to them, it was like just a, just a comment. Right. And then, then I like, like attached to it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. And so I think like, it's a huge issue. It has been a huge issue for me to stay in my power and be like, this is what I'm drawn to. This is what I want yeah. to do. Even in the face of someone I respect saying, you should try that because yeah. it's, they're not as in, they're never going to care as much as I do. Yes. That's really true. Yeah. I think it's a really fine line between like taking feedback and learning and being curious and being open, but kind of remembering that like, yeah, that gut instinct. I've had experiences like that too. Like one that I always tell my students and that I, and that I try to remember myself is I was writing this piece that was kind of like not in a structure. It was kind Mm. of like, I was, it was a little experimental and I took it to my teacher. Um, and she was like, I don't understand this. Like, I'm not sure what you're doing. And I, I felt like horrible about it. And I went home and I spent the next like week just like agonizing over what to do and like making, you know, trying to make changes. And then I just was like, I don't know. I don't know how to change it. I, I like how it is. You know, I felt like, and I, I felt like defeated. And I, I went back in the next week and I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't change any of these things, but I, but I wrote a little more. And, and then she was like, this is amazing. And I just thought like, Oh God, like it was just her, maybe her mood. Maybe yeah. like I didn't present it well in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, and then, and then I won like a, an award for it a little bit later. And I kind of just, it's just, you got to remember like sometimes, like you said, sometimes someone's feedback is just like, yeah, it's just a passing. Yeah. Just some little comment. It's, and usually like feedback is more about the person who's giving it like about their own experience than, and it's not, not to say you shouldn't um, like, I think it's important to take it in, but not give it so much power. And like what I what I try to do for my students, um, this because I feel like this is something I wish I had been educated about earlier on, mm. is to empower them to make to make their own choices. Isn't that the whole thing we're right. doing? Yeah, I feel yeah. so strongly about that too. And sometimes I have students that want my approval about something or they want a certain kind of feedback. And I've, I've gotten better as a teacher at just actually saying like, no, I'm not giving that to you Damn. now. Like maybe there will be a, a time when like I can try to give you some more specific feedback, but you have to start building your point of view mm-hmm. um, and your perspective. And and right now your perspective is kind of small enough and fragile enough that like, I'm not giving you any yeah. feedback. So this, I don't know if you, do you want to talk about yeah. teaching for a second? Please, Cause this is something want. that, um, this is how I try to phrase it with my students because this is what I wish I would have had. Yeah. As a student, because I got a lot of praise as a student, but mm. but I ended up when I finished school, I'm like I'm a really good student, but I don't know if I'm a good artist. Yeah, um, and so I say to them like I'm not gonna go around and say like this is good art, this is bad art. That's not my job. Yeah. Um, my goal for you is not to become a good artist. Yeah. My goal for you is to become an effective artist. Right. So I'm gonna give you skills so that whatever it is you value, whatever your goals are, Mm -hmm. that you can effectively meet those goals. Yeah. So when I'm like, when I give an assignment, I give you parameters for that assignment so you can learn a skill. 
And I'll base my grading system on how effectively I think you know that skill. Yeah. Um, not on how good it is because yeah. you can. And it's so subjective. Yeah. Because they can do an assignment and and not show me that they understand that skill. So I give them a bad grade. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad piece. Right. Like right. it can be good art. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And also just, I think, yeah, just, and it's so subjective. I, I say to my students, I want to close the gap between the sounds you love and the sounds that move you and the sounds you make, you know, oh. so you're, you can, so we're moving closer to like you making oh. sounds that you find compelling. I like that. Yeah. It feels good to say it. And sometimes students are like, yeah, okay. And sometimes they're like, why? No, just tell me yep. how just to tell fix me what it. to do. Yeah. Tell me what to do. But it's crippling if you approach it that well, way. Well, it's just not, it's the same. It's that old saying, like, you know, teach them how to fish, you know, yeah. don't just feed them. Yeah. And we can talk about technique, you know, we can talk about like, you know, making sure that you understand how to, you know, mm. use these different mediums or, you know, yeah. but mix a color, but, so, yeah. but whoever, you know, you have to have that creativity. Um, will you move the mic so that it's, you're just talking like right into it a little bit more, like maybe oh, pick sorry. it up and <laughs> move it. Oh, move it. Yeah. I think it'll be more comfortable for you. Yeah. Is that better? Okay. Sure. Do I look uncomfortable? <laughs> well, I, I felt like it was kind of like, do you hear oh. it? Like, anyway, oh, oh yeah. I just want your sound, sound to, be to be consistent. Be better. Yeah. I want to be able to hear your voice. Um, yeah, no, I, I could talk about that forever and we, yeah, yeah. this, I just want to like know your perspective because you know, again, I, I, I'm, I still am not like totally sure what I'm trying to get. I just know that I want to be talking to people. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, there's all these problems. I think the the public misunderstands artists and what it is that we're doing. And, you know, um, and I think a lot of younger people misunderstand what we're doing and maybe they think they understand it. And, you know, sometimes I kind of feel like I want to dispel like some of those ideas. But I also just feel like it's, communion you know between mm -hmm. like people that are just kind of paving their own way and I'm, I'm just interested in what your experiences are and what your thoughts are so so as a young person and and you made it sound like maybe up through college you're mm -hmm. getting a lot of praise um is there anything in that time that like you can kind of point to that that was like vulnerable Vulnerable. I know we've. I know you're into Brene Brown too. Uh -huh. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, um, this. I think that this is why art is so important. Yeah. Is that it is it is a skill that is teaches you to be comfortable with vulnerability, mm. and I I think that's one of the best skills you can have because life like off, it's happening in the moment and you're reacting yeah. in the moment and it's not things are not going to always go your yeah. way. They're just not. So I think I'm wondering like during that time, like I'm, what are we, are we missing any part of the story? Like you're getting a lot of praise and it's like, it's going well and you're learning a lot. Um, and I'm wondering if there's anything during that time that is like on the other side where you're like feeling discouraged. Well, um, I think that the, I mean, when you talk about, especially when I was very young, um, like in my college years, mm. like I was not comfortable with vulnerability, even though I was in yeah. a, a, a medium that was sort of about that. But yeah. I had, it was like, I had professors that were super good and they taught me how to like, this is good art. This is how you do it. Mm. And I was good at it. You're and I could executing. Yes, thing. I could execute that thing. So anytime it got like a little real, a little creative, yeah. a little bit like where I had to not rely on what 
I was taught, I was super uncomfortable. It was, yeah. it's been like for me, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I really like Brene Brown is yeah. like, I had the same experience, even though I'm in this, it took me a long time to realize that I was kind of shooting myself in the foot sure, by being such a perfectionist that I couldn't fail. Yeah. And the other thing is it, it made it a lot less fun. Yeah. Like I, I stopped yeah. enjoying it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, again, it's so relatable and I think you're right. It's this confusing thing where it's like, you're doing something that looks really vulnerable or looks really brave or looks, I don't know, um, confident. And, and in the meantime, a lot of those things are maybe not how you're feeling. Um, and I, I love to have that conversation because it, it's confusing. It's like in, in one way we're doing something that's totally brave, but I think most of, of professional artists definitely have like a, a peak where like the thing that looks brave is really like, it's, yeah. it's kind of starting to reach a point. I always put it, I put it like this to my students. Um, like don't rely too much on your strengths because mm. it's a field where your strengths can easily become your weaknesses mm -hmm. and your weaknesses can become your strengths yeah. like that. Yeah. Like it turns on itself all yeah. the time. I feel strongly about that too. Um, so, and like for me, like I turned 40 last year. Congratulations. I turned 30 last year. Oh, We're like just exactly, exactly 10 years. Yeah. And it was a big turning point for me. Cause I, I, I did this, I decided I want to do something kind of to shake up my art. Um, and I'd been following this artist on Instagram that I really liked. Ellie Smallwood is her name. And she was doing a workshop in Madrid, Spain. Sweet. So I was like, I'm going. I'm going to I'm Spain. I'm going to Spain. And what struck me about her workshop is like, she, I, I kid you not, she did everything backwards as to how I was mm -hmm. taught. Mm -hmm. Absolutely backwards. Wow. Limited palette. She like, I never wash my brushes. I was taught to mix with a palette knife. She's like, I just mix with my brush. Like, wow. And she'd leave big gaps in her paintings. Like she, and she would use thick, thick paint and my paints like anemic. Like yeah. for years I was like just stretching that paint, you know? Yeah. And it was so liberating. It was just like, and I was like, you know, I really don't want to paint this background, Ellie. And she's like, don't. <laughs> she's yeah. just like. And I was, I'm like, I mean, I don't have to paint things I don't want to paint. She's like, yeah. no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, why would you? Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. I, gosh. Do you, okay. So. And she loved my work. She was just like, she like took me aside and she's like, dude, you sell yourself short. Why do you do oh, that? <laughs> she's like, there's like, she's like, you're doing, you're awesome. Like what's wrong? And it was just such a like, um liberating experience. I'm yeah. like, everything's backwards and it's still good art. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. Maybe this is a stupid question. I'm asking it anyway. Um, what do you think, like when you look, how, how old is she? Is she like much older? She's 28. She like around, so she's like, she's like in your same like basic time of life. So, um, when you look at someone like that, like I know people like that in my field too, that I'm like, how did you get like that? What do you think? Like, how, how do you kind of, how do you deal with like, um, what do I think about it? I mean, I just think she, so, you know, like this is kind of back to the Brene, Brene Brown thing. Like she has a strong sense of self-worth mm -hmm. and she knows that, that her opinion matters as much as anybody else's. Yeah. 
And I think that I struggled for that. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't get that early on. And not to, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different experience. It's just a different thing. Yeah. She, and so my experiences have, have informed my work, you know, and my process probably makes me a better teacher. Yeah. Um, I feel, I think about that sometimes yeah. too. Having been a student that struggles, I think can help you as a teacher relate to a student that struggles. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's. And like the perfectionist students are just like, no, there's a right and wrong way. I'm like, yeah. You probably need another teacher. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get that from me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I yeah. am. It's messy in here. Well, I <laughs> like, think also perfection. The great irony of perfectionism is like the people who are like, listen, I'm such a perfectionist. They they don't actually accomplish anything, you know, so much of the time. I'm like, well, if you're such a perfectionist, why can't you make it through this piece? Yeah. Like, just make it through with with whatever mess is. Like, why is why is making it one minute in perfect? Yeah, you know, it's like perfect, it's, but it's not finished. It it yeah. or it. I mean, that's what I mean by perfectionism is debilitating. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and it and it and. I feel like the word perfect. What does it even mean? It, yeah. Like it's got this baggage or something or, uh, you know, it means it's going to be beautiful, but like perfectionism, you, you almost like can't make anything beautiful. I mean, I guess maybe sometimes you, you sort of can, but it's definitely gonna, it's going to bite you. You know that, um, uh, if you ever, I mean, if you know that show South Park. Yeah. So there, there was a documentary about, how they make those shows. Mm-hmm. It's called Six Days to Air. Sweet. And the, sh- and the reason they call it Six Days to Air is that from the time that they come up with the idea to the time they air the show, they give themselves six days. Oh, and that's wow. it. So like they have the concept on Monday and yeah. like by Wednesday, even if they decide it sucks, they still have you to go with it. it. Yeah. And so the interviewer was asking them like, well, why don't you just give yourself a little more time? And they're like, well, we just found that like, if we give ourselves more time, it maybe makes the product, you know, like 5% better mm. or some small amount. And it's just not worth it. We'd yeah. rather just move on. Sure. And I loved that because yeah. I, I think that's such a great process. Yes. Like I even find that with my students, like if I keep giving them more and more time, the work mm. doesn't get better. Mm-hmm. Gets worse. It's like, it almost gets, well, yeah, I was going to say furthermore, they probably get better at recognizing earlier whether right. an idea is good when you force yourself to like, just be like, well, this is what we've got. Then, you know, the next time it comes around, you maybe kind of, you get a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what's next? Mm -hmm. Just give me what's next. Yeah. And like, I think keeping your momentum and keeping yourself rolling is like, I feel like my job as an artist is to like maintain my desire to paint Mm -hmm. and maintain momentum. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that I, I'm most concerned with. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I think for me, it's, yeah, trying to, trying to maintain like that thing that feels creative, which I, I think I, I, it's pretty easy for me to be creative in like a, like a big picture way. Like I feel creative about just kind of the way I execute my life. Um, but, uh, but lots of times I struggle to get into kind of that, like big, like that, the, the big creative mm-hmm. kind of a mind. And I have to be really conscious to like protect myself like so that that stays viable yeah because it yeah I can burn it out it's like um taking care of your own energy like mm-hmm. where you just you know, like give mm-hmm. your energy yeah yes and uh, for me one thing that I think I don't 
do enough of sometimes is like get that input, you know, like, like transcribing other people's work, listening, you know, going and talking with other artists who do different mediums or going to a gallery or going to a museum or something. Um, yeah, if I, if I don't get enough of that input, then that creativity is just, it's emptying and there's nothing kind of. And I love it when, you know, you start to realize this is one of the things that I've really loved about my path as an artist or just my life path is when like art forms sort of collide. Mm -hmm. I like, like I was saying, I'm really, well, or even just like with the boxing and the Muay Thai, like there's such a rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I'm sometimes I'm like, I've been trying to get my coach. I'm like, you should have us do drills to a metronome. Cause it would like, (laughs) cause then it would help pace us. And then as we get better, you could speed it up and you could even add, you know, like in between the beats, like different movements. So then you have, because it's such a rhythm and then what you want to create is like a rhythm and then you want to break the rhythm because that surprises people. Yeah. 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 And then it gets creative and like, then it's like a freaking composition. Totally. (laughs) I, I totally, I get like that. I'm the same as you. I think I get having this like art invasion when I'm cooking and when I'm like, yeah, cooking is the same. It comes in. (laughs) Well, it's creativity is creativity. Right. And it, there's definitely like, there's technique and method, but there's also the like breaking of it and risk taking. Yeah. And yes, the risk taking. Mm. And that's the part where you're like, your heart starts to pound and you get so excited. And like when it's over, you're just like, Oh, I can't believe that happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Getting that little spark. Yeah. It's special. It it really is, but it's not easy. You got to like kind of, you have to work and or break yourself a little. Sometimes I think, and that's where that vulnerability lives. So going back, um, when did you kind of start, like, when did you start having the thought that art would be something you would pursue as a career? I don't really ever remember consciously making that decision. What happened? I just, you were like, it I'm was always, I'm going to it was just always art. a given. Yeah. It was always a that's given. Awesome. Which... Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should have thought this through. <laughs> I don't. We it all would be have really that? nice to yeah. have, you know, a set income and yeah. <laughs> benefits, mm-hmm. and you know, like there there are things I've had to fight for that. But I also I also know that it has allowed me to be creative and try new things mm-hmm. and kept my life exciting. Yeah, you know. Um, do you? I mean, do you have any other thoughts about that? Because I. I Again, so relatable. Um, yeah, do you have any other kind of thoughts about like just anything in that realm of like should you, shouldn't, what's happening with it? <laughs> um, should I or shouldn't with like yeah, just I being mean, an artist? Yeah, or, or like advice or just any kind of insight you have in retrospect about like how maybe why you didn't have to make a decision about it. It was just a given or I'm just curious about um, maybe what your mind was like. Yeah. I mean, I think that the best asset for an artist is like having that confidence and really like knowing that this is there. Yeah. So if you feel it, if you feel that compelled, it's probably the right decision. Yeah. It's sort of like 
don't take a fight unless you Mm -hmm. think you can really win it. Mm -hmm. And what I think is kind of heartbreaking in some ways is that sometimes our self-doubt in other areas kind of people will kind of distract themselves and like realize later on that they really wanted to be an artist, but they get, you know, there's that, that pressure or they don't have the, and I don't know why I just, cause I wasn't a super confident person, but I just knew this was what I was going to do. Yeah. And, and when you know, that's, you just figure it out. I had, I, I definitely thought about it. Like I didn't decide to go to school for music until I was like 16 or 17, even though I'd been That's doing music young. all the time when I was, <laughs> I, I just mean like as a younger child, I did music all the time, but I still was like, I'm going to be a marine biologist, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, but I also kind of just felt like it's going to be the, it's going to be the place that I need to be. And it did in retrospect, like it was a little mystical. I think like I, I had a gut instinct about it and I had a lot of people in my life telling me like, this is a bad decision you're making Mm. and was just like, I don't know, man. And I, 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 like you also occasionally I'm like, what would my life have been like if I was a marine biologist? Or that, something. Maybe I should have been a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but what happens to you when you have that thought? Like, do you talk yourself through it or what? Um, I definitely I remember, land a certain way on it. I remember all of the things that I've been able to experience that I would not have yeah. been able to experience. And it's not even just like the paintings I wouldn't have made or the people I wouldn't have met. It's it's just, I would, it's the wisdom that, mm. I mean, I've learned a lot from being an artist. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's taught me, it's just taught me how to see, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like I, I have a sensitivity that not everyone has, like a visual sensitivity. Yeah. And I enjoy it. So like, I, I wouldn't give that up. Yeah. I think I feel the same way. Every once in a while, like, I kind of think like, maybe I should have gotten an MBA or something. Uh, and, and I always think like, what, who am I kidding? I love, I love way too much about what I'm doing. And every job is going to have something that's downs. garbage about it. But, um, but I, I think I, I think I also feel like simultaneously, like having a, a career in art has been a gift to me. Um, like you said, I like how you said, what it, what was it? Like, it lets me see or it helps mm-hmm. me see. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I feel that way too. Like it's forced me to have to look at lessons that maybe in another type of, of a career or, or a life I, I could have maybe sort of avoided. I mean, you, I don't know that you can really avoid those things. They come out in, right. in back pain and stuff. Well, and I, that's what I remember too. Like, okay, even a person with a, you know, nine to five job, can lose their job. There yeah. can be, there can be a government shutdown. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there can be layoffs, you know, they, yeah. I remember how vulnerable my life is. Yeah. And I remember that everyone's life is like, it's that so too. true. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. And, and also I, I do feel like, I don't know. I, I think I, I think I like that my life, though sometimes it's unstable, I'm not sure what I'm going to be working on. And sometimes I get scared about that. And sometimes I feel not enough or, you know, whatever. But most of the time, I think I really get a kick out of having like 
curiosity drive my day to day stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe a scientist feels like that too. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I can definitely relate to that because I, there are, there are moments in my life that I'm like, oh, can I do this? Can I do this? I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. Like the money's going to run out or, you know, like, do I have enough to like, have till no I have ideas? This, yeah. Or... Do I have no ideas? And, and then I remember like, that's the other great thing about turning 40. Like the longer you do it, like, I'm like, I've made it this far. Yeah. That's pretty good. I've been doing this. It's yeah. been 20 years. Like yeah. I'm still here. Totally. You know? Yeah, I haven't gone bankrupt. Yeah, it's like the horror and the beauty of it. Like <laughs> yeah. you look ahead and you're Aww. like, who knows? But that's also like the thing that if I had a job that was totally predictable, I think it might kill me a little. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's pros and cons. But most of the time when I have that, when I start to have that fear and that self-doubt, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'd be, I'd be miserable yeah. in another job. I well, think. and I think you would find a way... Um, if creativity is important to you, I think it's available at any time in yeah. any field. Well, I love that. Did you read um, Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic? No, but I've it's, I've heard about this it's book. Actually, pretty special, I think. Um, but uh, so, like you know, Brene Brown talks about like meaningful work, and like your meaningful work can be most of your work, mm-hmm. or your meaningful work can be like a little bit of your work. Um, but. Uh, But Liz Gilbert also kind of talks about that in the same way, which is just like, you know, there maybe are people who are going to find a way to like make that creative work the the big work. Um, Yeah. But everyone's going to do it. I mean, everyone's Mm -hmm. you you have to you have to do it. It's it's part of being alive. Like I've been. uh, So I've been working up at Huntsman Cancer Institute for. I think like four years as an artist in resident there. And it's just. What I love about their program is this, it, it's just a, it's just for the patient, staff and caregivers to come and do art, just to make art. It's not art therapy. They're not being studied. Yeah. The results aren't being like yeah. weighed. Yeah. It's just like a release. Yeah. Um, and I find like, I love seeing how it's just such an expression of being alive mm-hmm. to just make something. And I think that's what you're like we forget when we don't have that opportunity that they, people just need that. They you just need, need to like, Oh, I did that. Or I arranged those flowers on the table. Like mm-hmm. I did that. Yes. You know, I'm alive. Like mm-hmm. creativity is just such a, I just it's, feel like it's an expression it's of being necessary. Yeah. It's like, it's crucial. Especially yeah. when you're going through something like absolutely those patients, like they need an outlet. They need to feel like, I, I, I think that there's benefits to them feeling like, they can still make something yeah. they can still exercise well, their it's life. vital. I mean, like it has vitality. You yeah. Know? It's, yeah. It's alive. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's growing and it's like becoming more alive. Um, when maybe, you know, there's a lot of fear and kind of doubt. Yeah. That's yeah. really profound. Yeah. Um, so when, so tell me about like how you transitioned from being a student to like having like your first paid work or was it that happening when you were still a student or tell me about your first paid work as an artist. My first paid work. Um, I was 10. No, <laughs> I mean, no, I don't, I don't I don't yeah. remember. Um, I mean, I'm sure like when I was younger, I'm sure like maybe aunts and uncles or something would buy something. But, um, when I, I graduated from college, um, and, 
I was fortunate to be pretty friendly with my professors. Mm. Um, and so I got some um, just like word of mouth with local galleries from mm. them. Um, and I started an internship in Helper, Utah with one of my professors, David Dornan, who hooked me up with a gallery in mm. Palm Desert. Um, and so I started, because of that, I, I started selling kind of right out of cool. school. And I kept my, because I was living in Helper and working for him, Yeah, I didn't have a lot of expenses. So it was a good time to sort of grow yeah. as an artist. So let's, so let's take like, let's take a, a, a little portion and um, just talk about like all the ways um, now and in the past that you have made dollars with art. Okay. Um, like, like a list or whatever you, yeah. That's a good question. I like that one. Yeah. I think we have to think creatively yeah. about like where the dollars are coming right. from. So, um, and you definitely do because I did the gallery thing for six years um, and then 2008, you know, the financial yeah. crisis hit and there just wasn't as much sales. Mm -hmm. So I started supplementing my income with like just some jobs, like retail jobs. Um, and then, so at that point it was just all mostly through galleries or like privately, th like through my studio occasionally yeah. um, to friends and Maybe family. I'd love to just know like a little bit more about like what, how do you, how do you sell work through a gallery or like, Oh, sure. Or do you know where your paintings go? Or like, I just want to know a little bit if more you're about good at that. the business side, you know, where yeah. your go. so, um, basically, uh, you give the gallery work and they sell it. They get a cut. So, okay. They, they represent you, you give them work, they sell the work, they get a percentage of the work. Is it usually like you have a series and they, um, not necessarily, but it can be, um, often like with the galleries that I work with, I would usually do a show once a year and that, that would be generally a series, mm. but I would, I could also give them paintings yeah. sporadically and I send them images if they want the painting, um, okay. ship it to them, cool. drive it there. Um, and then they sell it. Okay, great. And they get a percentage and hopefully you know where it's going and. Well, I don't know. I, most of the time I don't know who bought it. Yeah. Um, but, but knowing what gallery, what inventory they have is a good idea to keep track of. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. this gallery has these, these paintings yeah. and a lot of galleries, when you take the pieces back, if they don't sell that you sign off that they, so you, they'll give you a list mm -hmm. of what they have and what they don't have. Okay. Um, so that's important to try to keep yeah. track of that and to also keep your prices consistent yeah. at all galleries. Um, and not to undercut galleries if you sell out of your studio. Yeah. I've like never had this thought before. And now I feel a little bad that I've never had this thought before. But how does that feel to like never see your painting again? <laughs> I'm like a feeling a little bit I... tender about that thought right now. <laughs> I mean, I take photographs, but yeah. I really like that aspect. You it helps like it. me move on. Wow. Like it really does. Yeah. Like the last thing I want to do is be alone in my house yeah, with all with my all paintings. Your paintings. Yeah. And I... It's not like a thing that, like when I buy a painting, it's different from me painting it. Like mm. when I paint it, I go through that experience and then I can let it go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there, I mean, there are a few paintings that, you know, I've wanted to hold on to, yeah. but it's not very many. Yeah. I would rather they go out there and be seen. Yeah. Um, be, be kind of incorporated into someone's yeah, home and Yeah. And then family. every once in a while you like, they pop up. 
which yeah. is kind of like I, so what, every once in a while I Google myself <laughs> just to see what's out there. <laughs> no one else does that. <laughs> no one else does that. You're so weird. I'm like just making sure I'm Googleable. <laughs> um, but like I found an article in like Sacramento magazine mm-hmm. that was like featuring this couple's home and they had two of my paintings in their oh home. Oh my gosh. And it was like this really beautiful home. And it was just so nice to yeah. like see them in that space. They credited me in the articles. Wow. And I, w- I was just like, it's just fun to be yeah, surprised. That, I feel like that's, that's like a, le- a kind of a legacy. I feel like one thing that artists maybe have in common is we, when we create art, it has little pieces of ourselves. And then it goes out in the world in a way that like you maybe fit like can't and, or won't, but you're, you're kind of like sending, mm-hmm. sending your mind or your heart or whatever kind of out. And, but that's really like, I mean, that's like physical and it's, that's cool. That's part of the process. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's important part is having it seen. Yeah. And I, I want it out there. I want the reactions and I'm getting more used to like, even if it's a negative one, you know, like, yeah, I, I've recently been doing some bloody nose paintings. <laughs> That's hard. That's metal. That's like a little metal. I know. Which a lot of people that know me really well or like know my work, they're just kind of like, why? Why? And it's that, like when we were talking about vulnerability, it's that yeah. same. It's like such a visceral thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am both like, I find it like the color. I find so much yeah. of it beautiful. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm totally repulsed. Yeah. So, but for me, like there's an interesting edge there. And mm. I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I'm happy to play with that. And I don't even mind that like yeah. the people that don't get it. I'm like, Who cares? for some reason, yeah. I just need to have this experience yeah. where, cause it's just such a vulnerable thing. It's I mean, like I totally get human that. Human flesh. Yeah. The, the <laughs> like, music that I write is frequently like a little off-putting and it's even like, a little off-putting to me some of the time, but I, I totally feel that same way about it. It like, it like pushes on something that I'm just like, yeah, but I, but I want it, (laughs) but I need it. Um, even if it's a little bit like uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that art, it can be, I mean, it is, it can be beautiful and uncomfortable it can be beautiful and beauty in that mess I mean isn't that like the conversation that we're having I mean if you and if you believe that and if you believe that there's kind of like there's there's humanity in like all your fears and there's humanity in like your bold like you know narcissistic whatever and there's I mean of course of course you want to represent that in the things you're making and even just because it has this I want to represent that and I I get a physical response from it that, that I actually enjoy. It makes you feel alive. It's like, mm. there's one, one of the bloody nose paintings is so like the way that the nose is all crumpled up. Like, mm. like I look at it and my nose tingles. I yeah. can just feel that, like that pain, yeah. like that punch or that fall that made this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's, I'm like, Oh, it just makes it. Itch. Yeah. It like, <laughs> it like communicates back at you. That's, because we've all been there. Cool. We've all had the pain. I've never yeah. had a bloody nose. Never? Never. But it feels like a bloody knee, but on your nose. Okay. <laughs> I have had a bloody knee. I don't know. Your nose is so sensitive. 
I'm I'm risk averse in that way. Yeah. I take enough risks in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not prone to injury. Maybe I should start doing boxing. I don't know. It's terrifying. <laughs> I had my first this it was like kind of an accident, but this guy hit me in the face pretty hard. It was the first time I'd been hit in the face hard. Oh man. And I just like screamed in obscenity and then I just started to cry. I was like <laughs> Did it like hurt it hurt like your feelings too, even though it was an accident, or was it mostly just it's, your face was in a lot of pain? It's just such a shock to your system. Yeah. It's just like you don't know how to react except to just cry. Yeah. Or like I imagine some people or might I like didn't. laugh. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> but yeah I didn't know I what else think, to do but cry. I, I definitely just, would cry. I don't, it didn't. I didn't get a bruise or anything. Didn't get a bloody nose. Nothing like that. Like I can't imagine how hard you have to hit yeah. someone. You know, bloody nose. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see these paintings. Um, so okay, so you're I like totally this is not the direction you. I wanted. No, <laughs> I want to go in whatever direction it it wants Let's to be. See. Okay. Um, Okay, so we were talking about where you make your dollars in art. So okay. galleries, teaching. Yeah, so then, so kind of this is sort of my my path. So 2008 hit, I was doing a lot of retail jobs. And then my father passed away, um, which I think was a little bit before I met you. Yeah. And that shifted things a lot for me. Mm. I was just like, I... I felt like I had been just trying to please, please, please. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I want to paint what I want. So I kind of, and then I also thought if I'm going to do supplementary income, I would rather teach. Yeah. So that sort of instigated me going back to graduate school. How old were you when your dad died? Uh, 32. My mom died this year. <gasps> oh, um, I'm so sorry. It's okay. But I, I'm, I'm kind of going through a similar thing. We should, yeah. we can talk about it more. more. Um, yeah, I, I think I had a similar feeling of like, oh my gosh, like life is short and weird and yeah. I want to be really like doing the things that I really want to be doing. Um, and it's part of, I think that that's part of becoming masterful at anything is yeah. like you figure out what you don't need to deal with, like yeah. what just isn't important. And I think mm -hmm. when you're younger, or at least when I was younger, I was, I thought I had to take on everything, you yeah. know, and when something like that happens, it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to waste my time on this stuff that doesn't yeah. feed me. Totally. It's not going to do it. agree. Yeah. So I felt like if I went back to school and if I started doing some teaching um, that I could, uh, I wouldn't have to stress about my paintings looking a certain way. I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And I really wanted to give myself the freedom to just be the artist that I am instead of yeah. the artist that I think the world wants me to be, yeah, totally. which who knows what that is. Who knows what that is? They don't know. They don't. And, and it took me a long time to, like, I finally feel like I'm getting into a little bit more of a groove Yeah. Um, where I just, like, like yeah. what I learned from Ellie's workshop, I'm like, if I don't want to paint it, I don't paint it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to learn that lesson again and again. Yeah. Don't you think like, yeah. or it hits you in different ways or you kind of go like, Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're teaching, uh, at, to some classes at the U, is that right? Yeah. So, um, the university of Utah, um, Westminster and UVU. Okay. All university. Are you doing any like freelance teaching? No, I may do a workshop this summer, which would be my first freelance workshop. Amazing. Um, 
but I met some people in Spain that were interested in doing a workshop with me. So, so I thought I would try to put that together. Like selling prints. Is that a thing that you do? Not very often. Just, I'm just wondering. Yeah. But that is, that is something that a lot of artists will do. Um, I've also like the work at Huntsman. Um, Mm, I was, I got really into that for a while too. And that also fed me in a new way. Yeah. Um, there's something, I mean, I like working with total beginners in that way. Like some people will come in and they're like, I'm not creative. And I'm like, I love people who say that. I feel the same way. (laughs) People are like, sometimes people will be really apologetic. Like, oh, you don't, you probably don't want to work with a beginner. And I'm like, oh, but I do. Do. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know how much I do. Yeah. We love the beginner minds. I've had five years of lessons. I'm like, (laughs) I want to work with someone who feels like they have nothing to give. give. And then they surprise themselves. There's nothing better than like being there and watching someone like realize that they have an artistic voice. I like live for that. Yeah. Um, Such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel the way about it that I imagine like obstetrician nurses, obstetric nurses feel about their jobs. (laughs) Like I like want to be there when like your like artistry is kind of like coming Whoa. together yeah. yeah it feels like a gift yeah like it feels it's like watching profound. a flower blossom mm-hmm. it's like wow I love it yeah. yeah I love working with like the most fragile mm-hmm. fragile people and helping them kind of feel like a stronger thing that's it's yeah. the best it is the best and I think that that's why like I'm grateful for the teaching as well because I just don't think I could just be a studio artist at this point. Like I need the um, interaction. I need Mm -hmm. like, I know it sounds like so selfish, but I'm like, my students kind of feed me. (laughs) Oh, I feel that way. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people teach, you know, in whatever discipline they, they teach mostly because they can't make a full living just doing the the thing, the, Mm -hmm. what I, or they don't want to capital a art, but that's the one that I think, I love teaching. Like yeah. I would, I think I would really struggle not having that be part of it. Cause it, it really does kind of put things in perspective. It helps me remember like where I've been. It helps me try to remember where I'm going. Um, yeah, yeah I, I feel, I feel very like, uh, like spiritual about the teaching that I do or, or like it, it feels, I keep using this word, but like it feels kind of profound. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, not, of course it's not always Sometimes I teach someone that I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You bum me out. <laughs> but most of the time, uh, most of the time I'm it. not bummed out by my Oh, you students. get those, some of my reviews, I mean, are, are tough to hear. You mean from students? From students. Yeah. I mostly get good ones. Usually when people quit, they, I mean, when they, when they stop liking me, they just stop coming. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like, oh, I think you mean like your class reviews, Yeah, my class reviews, yeah, they're stuck with you if they don't like you. Right. right. And I, but I, st- I stopped feeling bad about mm-hmm. it because I'm like some people, it, it's just my style is not for them. Totally. They, they really want all the right. And yeah. You, and you stop taking that personally because it's, it's not personal. It's yeah. just, there's, they want a different kind of experience. Or and they're dealing with something. Yeah. You're showing them like you're shining a light on something that they're not ready to deal with. No. And I think I bet even some of those students that have left bad reviews years down the road will be like, 
I see what she was trying to teach me. <laughs> It'll just take some time. Oh, and I hope maybe so. they need some therapy in between. I'm like, you'll understand one day. <laughs> I had this professor that I loved. He was so funny. But I remember one day he was teaching us something, some concept that was super difficult. And we were all just like, you know, get it. And he's like, after this, I'll show you the easy way. And I was just like, why wouldn't you start with the easy way? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, but, there's like a method to yeah, that. Like, he's sure. like, so you can understand it. But, you know, as I remember being like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Just show us the I easy way. I remember feeling like that in high school when like you have to learn how to do everything without a calculator. And then like in the next math class, they're like, now you can use a calculator for all of that. I remember being like, well, okay. Why did I go through all of that? <laughs> Okay, so okay, so we did we did we miss anything? Those are all the ways that you have made yeah. and make dollars. Well, and I would say that there's one other. Um, it's not necessarily making dollars, but I have done a lot of trade, mm. and no, I, I think, think that, that's another. Yeah. Um, like I, I recently and built skills. And- yeah, I built a studio in my backyard, and um, I ran out of funds, and. Everything had been built, but there was, I just needed like steps to get in. It was just a little high. Yeah. And there's this guy at my gym and I, and he like likes my artwork and he kind of wanted this like mural cityscape in his backyard mm. around his like fire pit. Cool. And he's like, I'll build you a landing if you, yeah. <laughs> if you paint this. Give me a mural. And I was like, perfect. All right. Done. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Or like even I've traded paintings for dental work. Yeah. Awesome. Like, so, um, okay. So now let's, now let's change gears and let's talk about like your paintings and your creative method and how it's changed. And, um, I don't know blush. what to ask. I don't know <laughs> where to begin. So, um, yeah, like, well, maybe let's, so we talked a little bit about your motivation with your current bloody nose product projects. <laughs> so maybe we go backward or you can start from the beginning and bring us back. And the, the bloody noses are just kind of a side Nope, because I do the boxing stuff and I oh, just yeah. think there's something so after all that exertion and sort of this this thing that's yeah. left, like the 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 even just like when not even when their faces are bloody, but like, you know, the sweat, the like Yeah. I think there's something really beautiful about like totally. seeing that exhaustion afterward. Um and also like me, I think getting more comfortable with vulnerability and accepting things like Sometimes it's like life's going to hit you in the face, you yeah. know, well, I, I like your dad's going to die. You kind of said like, it quickly, but I like what you said about like the actual blood. Like if you're not thinking about it being blood, it's like, it's really pretty, it's really pretty. Yeah. Like yeah. this really like kind of rich color and like a little viscous or something. Yeah. Like it's like ink or something. Yeah. yeah. It's go- It's a beautiful color. Um, yeah. so I, I do paint things that are sometimes hard to look at that, but I still paint them like they're beautiful. Like yeah. I find, I, and my paintings are always better when I feel like there's beauty in them. Um, but I, do you want me to talk about my work now or? I just want to know. Yeah. I just want to know about it. Or may, I have maybe a specific question, which is, okay. did you always like have some paintings that you on purpose were maybe not having something totally like, you know, totally beautiful? Or was there a time when you were like, I need to start painting? I think I've always done, I've always had a little bit of that. Um, like I remember in college, 
I did it. I grew up, my mom was a hairdresser and she would often like practice on us. We'd have, mm-hmm. I, we had really long hair. All of us had really long yeah. hair. And I remember her like braiding, like brushing and braiding mm-hmm. my hair and like, just like pulling so hard that like that would pull the Your skin back. Come yeah. back. Yeah. All a of this. Lift. Yeah. A little I know about lift. that. Yeah. And, and having a lot of like pain associated mm-hmm. with it. Mm. So just like being kind of poked and prodded and yeah, being yeah. sort of this advertisement for my mom's, like we always had mm. to look perfect because yeah. she was a hairdresser and I, I would, I always wanted her to like give me princess Leia buns that didn't have braids, but she always wanted them braided mm. and we would have fights about it. And yeah. like, so my hair wasn't my own kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it can be such a self-expression and that was kind of taken away from me. So I did a series about that, like just like hair being pulled yeah, and feeling like wow, my hair wasn't mine. I totally, I, this is so embarrassing, you know, but I didn't do my own hair until I was like 16 because my mom was the same way. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a hairdresser, but she was very, um, like really pretty and, and she didn't do a lot else. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't have a job. I mean, she, she did a lot of things, but I don't think she felt like, um, proud of much other than being beautiful and maybe having beautiful children. And yeah, she wouldn't let me when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 and wanting to experiment, she wouldn't let me outside the house if she didn't do my hair. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, to this day, I'm, I'm almost 31 and I barely know how to put my hair in a ponytail. Wow. And, but the reason that it stopped is when I was 16, I cut my hair off. Uh, <laughs> cut it really short. <laughs> and then I was like, try braiding this. <laughs> um, but yeah. You're a rebellious I mean, teenager. Yeah, that, that set of your paintings would 100% affect me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Was, so that was that toward the beginning of... So that, I mean, that was in, that was in college. So I think I've always, I've had a little bit of, part of my art has been a little bit therapeutic where I could say things that I can't always say in words. Yeah. Um, cause I, I don't think at the time I could have articulated sure, how I felt pretty hurts kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And, or even just that when I just barely said like my hair wasn't my own, like I think that's the first time I ever have said that. Mm. Yeah. And it, it was, I, cause I haven't thought about this series in forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that totally makes sense. Like yeah. it was kind of like reclaiming my, sure my hair. <laughs> well, like maybe I'm projecting on you, but when you first started telling that story, talking about her brushing, it's like maybe there's something so intimate about that and there's something that's so like beautiful and kind of nurturing, but then to have it go like yeah. too far and to leave you like in pain and to leave you kind of feeling not seen. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I mean, that's the human experience is so often, right? Like I mean, for people that don't have a a hair pulling story. Yeah. There's something, you know, totally that, that experience of, I mean, I think what you said is how I would describe it. Just like feeling not seen. Like it wasn't, I wasn't a person. I was her canvas. I was her product. Yeah. Not, not her daughter. Do you often feel like your art is like a, a way for you to like show something that maybe like, like, do you always feel like yourself is in your art? Maybe that's the first question. Not always, but when it's good. Okay, great answer. Um, so, so when you're making art that's good that has yourself in it, 
do you feel like you're often motivated to put a part of yourself in it that like maybe you don't get to wear? Yeah. I think that's the another reason why I do boxing. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it's and people will be like you're you're so nice. And you're like mm, I can't imagine like, you doing I that. Will cut you. <laughs> but I but I yeah, I'm nice, but I'm a human being too yeah. and I get frustrated and I have yeah. and the thing that I'm I'm learning from that um the boxing stuff is that is how to be aggressive without being angry mm-hmm. or emotional. Like it's okay to like aggressively go after something yes, and not have it. Cause most of the time, I mean, a lot of times in my own, in my career, I would wait until I was angry about something to say mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, I need you to treat me this way from a gallery or yeah. like, but instead of just being proactive and being aggressive about, okay, this is what I need. What do you need? Yeah. Like, and let's be practical about it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of teaching me to be more assertive yeah. in the way I deal with people and also communicate better. Yeah. Like, and, and not, I don't have to associate that with, I'm not being mean. Yeah. It's okay to like express mm-hmm. your, your needs and mm-hmm. wants. Yeah. And furthermore, it's, uh, did you read Brene Brown's newest book, Dare, Dare to Lead? No. It's, it's real good. Gosh, well, I, I have know, a whole I reading got list. into Brene Brown because of you. So <laughs> I don't it, doubt it. I and was it's like, a big but Brene it's like changed my life. Like I, I mean, because that I haven't seen you in a couple in like a, maybe four years. Yeah. Does that seem too right? Long. Or five yeah. even maybe? Definitely too long. But I was go. I had things going on, and because yeah. I, w- when you were first telling me like, hey, you should read this book, I was kind of like, that sounds like it might be a can of worms for me. <laughs> And it was, Um, but in her newest book, Dare to Lead, she says like, clear is kind. And I've been thinking about that a lot. (gasps) Oh God, that gave me chills. I know. (laughs) I know. I can't stop thinking about it either, but yeah, just, and I think about it with my students. Like, you know, if I have a student that I I can see them having some kind of like a debilitating behavior thing, Mm. and it has nothing to do with the music maybe, but they're off-putting, you know, they're, 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 they're not coming across as like maybe they'd want to I feel like it's absolutely my responsibility to be like hey listen you're putting off a thing that I don't think is who you are Um, but it's hard to do and that's vulnerable but yeah I mean I think that's a lesson we all have to learn of like you know being clear with the people who hire us being clear with the people who we hire um yeah gosh but it's so hard it's so hard and it's I I feel similarly to you. I put a lot of things in my music that I don't know how to talk about. Um, and, and maybe it's less things and more like kind of those facet facets of myself that they don't, they're not that good at like living in my body, but they look (laughs) like they're good at like living in my soul and in my mind. Ah, Um, so I have to put them in some other, Way, way you know I don't know how to I haven't quite gotten it in my muscle memory but I really probably should do some more aggressive um kind of a say in boxing <laughs> yeah, I do yoga which really also helps yes um, I, I actually did yoga for years too um and, and I think it's just I think physical activity is so important for like mental health for me like I have to 
sometimes I just, I have to experience it through my body, whatever's going on. Like if it's grief, if it's love, mm-hmm. if it's fear, I experience it through my body. And even like for me, painting is a physical, I mean, it's a physical yeah. activity. It's not like my life doesn't happen when I'm like static. I, yeah. it, life goes through me. Yeah. Um, and I, it's so important that kinds of activities that I do are so important to me. Yeah. I like the way that yoga uses the word practice. Mm-hmm. Like it's a practice and you have to practice like paying attention to your body. Cause I, I think I, I do the same thing. And, and you know, when I said before, like I have facets of myself that aren't that good at living in my body, I should say like, I don't make room for them. Like yeah. I don't teach my body how to like let them be. Yeah. Or um, there are facets that maybe you haven't quite accepted about yourself mm-hmm. or, yeah, or I don't know, just have some sort of a breakdown in like how to say like, no, it's not that it's this, this other thing, thing or, you know, I don't know, like my, my mouth and my eyebrows don't agree or something you know? <laughs> like, or like my hand expressions <laughs> don't quite commit it? in the same way. Like my face is committing or like, and it just, that is so funny. But that's why I think like practice is a good word. Cause it's like, how does confident posture feel or how does, or like when I've had experiences where, you know, when you were talking about calling a gallery owner, I've done the same thing where like I get so upset. And then by the time I actually talk about it, my voice is all shaky and I'm like, might cry and I'll definitely cry when I hang up the phone and maybe for like the next three days. Uh, and then it's like the feeling that I'm having is so big and mad and strong, but my actual body is like, can't handle it. And it's like (laughs) all shaky and weird. (laughs) I definitely know the shaky voice. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you about something. It's terrible. <laughs> just start crying. It just cuts down your credibility so much when you're like, if you could only understand how pissed I am, yeah. even though I'm crying right now. But I did have, I had a moment recently that I was super proud of. What did you do? I don't know why I'm sharing this, but. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> so we've been doing a lot of sparring in Muay Thai, which is, you have to be communicative when you do that because you're, you got to be aware of the other person and their level and like, and I'm new at it. So I don't know. Like, so sometimes I really appreciate when someone says like, your kicks are kind of hard, you know, this Mm. is light sparring, please. Because you don't, and I appreciate that and you and be succinct about it. But I was sparring with this woman who like stopped me and she was like, and I I felt like I was matching her kicks pretty well. Like we had worked together before. So like I was Mm. kicking her as hard as I try to just match the person. Yeah. And she's like, I just want you to know everyone else is kicking really, really lightly and your kicks are really hard. And she's like, it doesn't bother me, but it may bother other Gosh. people. And so like my, myself from yeah. like a year ago would have been like, shame. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I'm kicking everyone so hard. And you know, you know, what? Like, I don't know what came out of me, but I was just like, well, why don't you let me know when they're too hard for you and let everyone else speak for themselves? Whoa. <laughs> Because it was Nailed so, because I, what I was trying to get her to say is yeah. like, I, would, I didn't go straight to shame. Yeah. And if they're too hard for you, just say it. Yeah. Like, I want you to tell me and yeah. I will, I will fix it. Yeah. But don't to put have, it on me to kind of like work yeah, through to have a conversation about what might be going through everyone else's yeah. mind. Like I put a stop to it and I didn't feel bad. Yeah. And I, I'm like, and I, I encouraged her to be more direct and I reminded myself to be more direct. Yeah. 
Like, and if someone's kicking me hard or too hard for me, even if it's just that day, to just yeah. say like, that's too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. And she was not that clear. <laughs> but you were clear. I was clear. <laughs> yeah. I was kind back. <laughs> and I didn't punch her in the face, even though that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, um, okay. So from the time that, like when your dad passed away and was, um, you know, you were kind of re-evaluating to now, how do you feel like your paintings have changed? Is that, is that a question you can answer? Um, yeah, I mean, I can try. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I feel like for maybe the first um, 10 years of my career, I was, I was listening a lot to the galleries and to like people I respected about what I should be yeah. as an artist. And which I think is, is great. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with that, but I, I don't know that there was a lot of me in it. There were moments that I, I felt like I was really in it. And then it would kind of, um, I would do these paintings I was super proud of because it was just, it just came right from me and I felt really compelled to do it and they'd sell right away. And then people would just be like, do more of that. Yeah. So I just try to duplicate that. Mm. Um, and that didn't work out that well for right. me yeah. because it's, it's like, um, like in music terms, it's like if I if I really like the way like Aretha Franklin sounds, and like to just think I'm going to take my voice and just copy it, yeah. you know, it's like yeah, you, there's the whole intricate process of probably how she learned to do that or what's yeah. going on with her body. Mm. That it's it's not just a surface that you can't just copy something like yeah. that. You kind of have to have that that experience. And especially if you already had the experience, it was at least in some sort of a way, like you did it, you know, it's over. And if you go to do it again, it's not the same vulnerability. It's not the same risk. It's not the same Mm. excitement and kind of thrill. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, and it comes off stale. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of that. And, um, and then after my dad passed away, I, I guess I started to realize that, that was happening and why like the paintings were being becoming so boring to me. Um, and part of, he was like super encouraging and he loved my work and the thought of him, like never seeing another one of my paintings again, like devastated me, devastated me. And so I, I guess I just thought like I wanted to use that moment to, be a better artist. And that would be my way of honoring him. Mm. Like to take the experience of like, because it was one of the like worst experiences of my life and one of the best at the same time, yeah. which is, I almost feel bad saying it because it is what it is. Yeah. Um, just because it, he, I think it really taught me about love. Yeah. Like you just don't, you don't know how important something is until it's gone. It's like, there's a saying like you, it's hard to see things except when you're first going into them or, or when they they leave. Yeah. So I just kind of clarified some things for me and, and I decided to sort of follow my interests more. Yeah. And I stumbled through that. That was a hard thing because I would get bad feedback from galleries. Like mm-hmm. I went to a, a show in Carmel one time and I had brought all these new paintings. They were figurative. Um, cause I had in the past, I'd done a lot of still lifes 
Yeah. And I kind of realized that the still lifes, I felt like a director and they were like, they were anthropomorphic to me. Like they were characters. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I want to do figures. Yeah. Because these feel like figures to me and I, I want to do some figures. Yeah. So I started painting figures and brought them to this gallery. And the, the owner spent the entire opening showing people pictures of my old work. She oh kept like, gosh. this is what yeah. she used to do. This is what she used to do. And yeah. I went home that night and I cried and cried. Yeah. And because I was still, I hadn't quite let go of the idea of like, just because it's hard for her to accept doesn't mean it's the right choice. Yeah. And it's so, such a hard decision to make though. I like, it was brutal. Like I felt like I put myself through the ringer Yeah. and I went through a few years of that. And I still like, I saw one of my old professors just like a month ago and he was looking at one of my bloody nose paintings and he just totally didn't get it. He's yeah. like, all I see is violence. And like, why would oh, you want to paint that? And, and I, and it was hard for me to hear, yeah. but then I was just like, just because he doesn't get it yeah. doesn't mean right. If someone doesn't need it or want it, or maybe no one, maybe you need it. Maybe it's just for me. And you know what? That's enough. Yeah. Just the fact that I wanted to do it at this point in my life, that was enough. It is hard to feel like misunderstood though. Like that, I really hate that. Like, I feel like with the first story you told, like her preferences, the still lifes, but like for him to like project like violence onto something that you don't feel violent about. That would really bother me. Yeah. I would be like, don't project your own baggage on me. I was like, who have you been beating? Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, why do you see violence? Like, (laughs) Like, there's plenty of ways to get a bloody bloody nose. nose. Right. Right. And it is, it is violent, but it's like, it's not, I mean, it's human too. That's what I was going to say. It's not more violent than just like living in your body and like getting the flu (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) you know? Thank you. I wish yeah. you had been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, like if you think, I mean, it's it's violent in the way that like nature is mm-hmm. is violent, but no one he wouldn't say that about like a storm. Yeah. So, but I think that it's also harder for people to see that stuff come out of me because they don't expect it. Oh yeah, I totally relate to that. Yeah. I know. I mean, we're both blonde and little and. Yeah. And people are just nice. They have assumptions about like yeah. how how you're going to act. And I mean yeah. everyone has assumptions sure. made about yeah. them, but, but I know but everyone's expecting your you to paint stuff that's pretty yeah, probably. Pretty flowers. Yeah. Pretty flowers. Pretty flowers. And I do sometimes, but and you're like, "Listen, blood is really pretty." <laughs> it is. I've been thinking about doing a bloody nose painting with flowers all around it. <laughs> like, you should. Just to show they're both pretty. Yeah. Um but I, so one of the bigger, biggest changes, so I've, I've started to accept that more and the teachings really helped mm. me not feel like I have to please my gallery yeah. so much. You get that practice. Oh, you just mean money wise, but, yeah. but also I imagine you get practice feeling compassionate. You know, you practice that compassion with your students and then remember like, oh yeah. I think it comes down to too. this sort of power situation with galleries where it's like, if I need you, there's a problem. And I think it's the same mm-hmm. thing like in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I want, the people I want in my life are like the ones I want. Yeah. Like life is f- more fun when you're here. Yeah. Not, I need you to be here. Yeah, I need yeah, you yeah. to do this, you know. So having teaching supplement my income and also give me a lot more um, outlet. Yeah. I'm less like, okay, if a gallery drops me and they don't like my work anymore, so what? Yeah. Like I don't even, I'm like, yeah. do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. You don't yeah. like the bloody noses? <laughs> Drop Screw me. you, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So yeah. I, and I, so it makes me feel more powerful. Like, and you can yeah. follow your interest and you can stay in your integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but more than that, that, I think that I've changed my attitude towards one of the biggest things that has changed for me is um, the amount of paint I use. Hmm. I am all about thick paint. I'm like, yeah. use it up. I'm like, my students are like shocked when I like, I like squirt it out yeah. this huge thing. I'm like, I've lived so much of my life like <laughs> skimping on paint. Like, oh, we need to make this last. We need to make it last. Like just being frugal. And I'm like, my paintings need paint. (laughs) And they'll put these little dots. They're like, paints are so expensive. And they do these little dots. And like, and like, what are those bird turds? (laughs) Put some paint on your palette. I love it. So that is something I just don't, I'm selfish about my paintings and paint. Like I would rather spend the money on paint and like, just put everything into Mm -hmm. it. than like, yeah, sit there and be like, this is the last tube of red I'm ever going to buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to last me 20 years. <laughs> it's precious. So precious. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So that's been a huge, I mean, it sounds yeah. insignificant, but it's no. changed my paintings I mean, a lot. I think that's representative of like a lot of many things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, so sometimes I, I talk with people about like, how does like your hustle or like your business end um, affect your creativity? But maybe we've already kind of, is there anything we've left out of that? Um, I don't, I, not for me. Uh, Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm look like all I really want is to survive and do what I love. Yeah. And I think at this point I've sort of figured out how to yeah. do it. Like I'm not really, I don't want to be famous. Yeah. I don't want to be like, I'm comfortable just being able to do what I love. Yeah. And however you can make that happen. But I've never been a good business person. So I feel really fortunate that I found a way to make it work for now. Is there anything like outside of like the painting itself that you feel like kind of that like, oh, I've re- I got to get on that. I got to work on that skill. You know, even if it's not like business per se, but like, I don't know, social media. I'm just curious. Absolutely. Like, I think social media is a huge one Yeah, right now. I'm struggling with it's, that one a little. It's um, like this, this woman that I took her workshop. You found her on Instagram. I found her on Instagram and yeah. she has 50,000 followers. Wow. 28 years old. She posted one of my paintings from the workshop on her Instagram. Wow. And my Instagram followers doubled like wow. in a day. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is powerful. And yeah, I was yeah, talking yeah. to her about her, her career and her business said, and she's like, she was super empowered, like, way different from the way I, I was taught to interact with the art world. Mm. She's like, yeah, I like, I with galleries, I'm like, I'll show, I'll show my work with you, but I retain the right to sell it myself through mm. my website or Instagram. Yeah. And she just doesn't act like, I mean, I always, when I, I always approached galleries yeah. when I was young, like begging, like, please yeah, like, yeah. show me. She just doesn't, and she's just sort of like, she doesn't need them. I don't she need you. Like yeah. she has other outlets. And I yeah. think that that can be really empowering to artists. And I know yeah. galleries are important. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing galleries, but just, I think we have that, options. Yeah, and I think it needs to be an 
a relationship where you feel like equals, yeah. just like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that means no one is begging the other person yeah. or, you know, like, yeah, it's gotta be symbiosis. And also I, I love the idea like this, this is happening, I think at large in film, in music, in any kind of design. Um, I think there's starting to be more and more markets for just variety. And that includes like, you know, it, if the artist's personality is just different, you know, hu- hustling and kind of your own type of hustle, yeah. um, I think, I think is, is important. And the, I mean, along with that is that now we have so many ways to connect with people that there's so many ways to be an artist. There's so many, you don't know what you're going to connect with. And yeah, you're, I feel like I can connect with someone, you know, in, England now that's much more easily that likes my work than I could like finding this woman for a a workshop in Spain. Yeah. Like that would be really hard without social media. Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways I'm really grateful because it helps you find your, your people. (laughs) Yeah. The struggle that I have with it is I, I have a difficult time finding like the way that I want to authenticate authentically use it uh I'm a bad liar and I'm a bad faker and like I always have been I it won't it doesn't work and I think in some ways my most like authentic self is like not on social media you know or at least not I like Facebook which I know is like it's so out but I like it because people have conversations there Mm -hmm. and Instagram just always feels like exhibitionist to me somehow I don't feel that way from other people but, but it feels that way to me. Yeah. And that's no, I struggle with finding like where is that space that it feels good to me. And I, I think it's probably different for the type of artist because like for me. Yeah. Everything's visual. Everything's visual. Yeah. So like Instagram's like perfect. It's simple. I don't have to talk about it yeah. so much. Like I'm not a huge, like on Facebook, I don't want to like make a huge statement about yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. I think probably with like music, it's a little different. Yeah. Like because and what you're supposed to do like post yourself in the studio every day right i'm supposed to post like like, pictures of myself maybe making music but i don't look like my music you know i don't know yeah like like my music is really thoughtful and like i didn't i didn't think about putting on these blue jeans and this black shirt shirt yeah i didn't i did i nothing artful is going on there yeah it's that's that's a tough one i've been working on it well one of my goals is to is to i i'm i started watercoloring (gasps) and um so one of my goals is to like just watercolor something every week and then that's the kind of thing that i will be psyched to put on instagram and you can like attach it to a song that maybe is like that would remind you of or like sure matching a painting or even just keep a conversation going or Mm -hmm. i don't know but yeah i struggle with that Anyway, enough I about do too. me. Yeah. I struggle with, but I get what you're saying about Instagram because sometimes I'm just like, another picture of you looking amazing. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that angle really works. Especially just like if it, that artist that you love just happens to be like a model. Yeah. And then, it, and it's like every image, they just found this, the angle. That's what yeah, I love. Yeah. They find the angle that they really love. And it's like another one from that angle. I'm like, mm. We've seen this. <laughs> yes, you're still pretty. <sorry, I don't need to like that, no. but sometimes well, it's just like I a repeat you of the say same because thing. Because we 
so many of us are feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And then when we kind of feel like there's a, a medium or, or a, an outlet that we're supposed to be great at, and we're supposed to be sharing our, the art we care about through it, it, it starts to feel sometimes, I think, like I either need to, to spend all my creative energy making this feel good, mm-hmm. or I can spend my creative energy on my actual thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And it sometimes feels a little push pull. I don't I don't think I feel like resentful of the people that are like really good at Instagram. I think I just feel like I don't, I don't get it. I'm not going to do that. I don't know how. Yeah. I could try and it wouldn't go well. And I would even say not to like I mean, if it works for you then do it. Like if Facebook yeah. works for you then do that. And even like if you keep an Instagram, just don't put a lot of thought into it. Just like yeah. You know, like, oh, my, I want to take a picture of my microphone today. Or, yeah. like, I mean, even, like, I would yeah. love to see, like, a cool photograph of, like, a studio shot. I posted mm-hmm. one this week. So, I'm on it. Awesome. Um, okay. I just have, like, maybe a couple more questions. Um, I'm sorry. I'm out of answers. Okay. Well. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. I I want to ask something that again, maybe it's kind of a loaded question. Maybe it's a leading question. I don't know. Um, we, so we talked a I'll little bit ago. I'll tell you the truth. Clear as kind. Great. Clear as <laughs> kind. Um, we talked a few minutes ago or a little while ago about this idea of like, maybe not feeling seen or not feeling always understood. Um, is there something or a couple of things or something that you feel like is kind of that constant thing that you're like this again that maybe isn't seen or isn't understood? Like, is there something that you're, you're still trying to figure out like how to, how to get out? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm still working out how to like communicate well with people in my life. Mm. Um, coming from kind of most people who know me pretty well, don't think I'm shy, but I, I am like, people really frighten me Mm. and, I know I've noticed like in my classes um, with like students or like when I go to my Muay Thai or boxing classes, like I have, I feel from people that they're like angry at me or, Mm. but I think what I've noticed a lot of times is I'm actually projecting my own fears. Yeah. And that a lot of the time, a lot of times when I'm afraid of somebody and then I actually reach out to them they're not as scary as I thought. Mm. So I think for me, it's just like not only um, giving myself the room to sort of um, claim my existence, but also like not projecting everyone else that they're judging me for it, you know? Oh, totally. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Well, I think I was just actually talking about this this morning with the, the friends we had over for brunch, but uh, I, I struggle with women and I, I think my relationship with my mom was really hard. Yeah. I mean, the hair pulling situation gives me some insight about yeah. that. Um, but, but yeah, my mom it was a narcissist, was really abusive, was always, um, really manipulative with me. And, uh, and I, and I, I totally can't trust women. I'm so, it's so hard and I want to, like I want mm. to have close female friendships. Like I think, I think I want it maybe more than some people do. Cause like I don't have a mom, I'm not close with my sister. And there's something like, 
about, you know, having those kind of like really kind of intimate female friendships that I see in like media and I sometimes see with real life women that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need that. I know I need it. But I think because I'm so scared that I'll never have it or something, Mm -hmm. I totally like, I get weird yeah, (laughs) and I become like kind of a creep and I'm like trying too hard, but then I'm like, I'm like I said, I'm a bad liar and I'm a bad faker. So if they can tell I'm uncomfortable, they're maybe not sure why yeah. they think I'm probably just not that nice or something. But yeah, I I definitely get that feeling of like your fears are like causing you to like project mm-hmm. a thing that's like making your fears come true. Yeah, it's it's like it's just a mirror, mm-hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. I walk around thinking that and it's funny. Um. It's very hard for me to admit, but it it is mostly with women that I feel um, just like this weird competitive. And this is probably unique to my, it may be a little bit different from yours. um, My mother was also quite a handful and Mm. is actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I feel like my sisters and I often competed for her attention. Mm, Yeah. So I feel not only do I not trust women, but I feel competitive towards yeah. them and I have a very hard time like being supportive. Yeah. Um, and, and then I have a hard time when they're not supportive with, of me. Yeah. So I tend to do better with younger, mm-hmm. like if it's a kid, cause I identify yeah. with that. I mean, I want to lavish them with attention. Them. Yeah. Um, I want to give them what I didn't yeah. have. Um, but but I definitely, I think that's something I, I'm, I'm trying really yeah. hard to work out. Me too. It's so yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. like our moms are. <laughs> yeah, it's in there, man. It's yeah. really, well, and it, and it does, it does affect everything, you know, which is, that's why when I said before, like my, my eyebrows don't match the words I'm saying, or like my eyebrows don't match my lips, like there's fear in there somewhere. <laughs> it sneaks out. <laughs> People always know. (laughs) They do. Okay. um, Is there anything else you want to say about just, okay, so we're talking about how do we make money as artists? We're talking about how do we stay authentic as artists in a world where like sometimes we feel pressure to like do a certain thing, be a certain thing. How do we, how do we like deal with that thing that's like, is my art me? Is my art not me? Am I my art? Where's the Venn diagram between me and my art? Um, any anything else in that realm that you feel like you haven't said that you'd like to say? Um, I mean, I think I've, I think I've pretty much covered it. I just, I think that the, um, I know I've I've been thinking about this a lot when we've been talking, and so now I kind of want to bring it up. Yeah, um, go for it. Remember what I said about like I feel like part of my job is to tend to my desire to yeah. to keep myself interested. There's this producer that I, a music producer that I really love. Um, and he actually, he even made like a movie about like the creative process, but he's another one of those behind the Wait, scenes. Who is this man? Daniel Lenoir. Oh, you talked about him with me all you, those years ago. Yeah, years ago. Yeah. Um, I still, he's still like a hero of mine because yeah. he's such a, he has such a drive to understand the creative process. Yeah. And I really respect that. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about, he was like working with this band and in this video, um, it was just like a video about his process. And, 
And he's like, you know, like he talked about like getting a feel, like mm. having like a feeling come up. And, and he's like, and usually like in the camaraderie of working together, like something authenticity will happen. Yeah. And then he said, he's like, but you have to be hungry for it. Yeah. And, and I was, I've been thinking about that too. when I was saying like to tend to my desire, but I think it's also like part of your job is to figure out what it is you value and like have a hunger for that. Yeah. Because without that, that drive, that hunger for it, I don't, I don't think you catch it when it comes up. I think that, well, okay. This book, big magic, that's the whole thing it's about. So really, you got to read it. Yeah. She talks about like these, she talks about like ideas being kind of like embodied, like, you know, she talks about ideas in this kind of anthropomorphic way. And that like, it's like they are, are knocking on the door of like, you know, the, the mind or soul of like this or that creative. And if you miss it, it's going to go find a home somewhere else. And like, you know, if you're like, kind of like, Oh, that's a little woo woo. Or if you're like, that's really true. Either way, it's true. You know, like no matter how you're actually thinking of it, I know that's true. And that's kind of what I was trying to say before, too, when I was saying, like, I think I'm pretty good at like big picture creativity. I feel creative about how I run my studio. I feel creative about how I make a meal plan for my week. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel creative kind of in these big ways. Um, but sometimes I don't leave enough space for those kind of ideas to like land. Just come in. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I like what you said, tending to your desire, like that, that's so like not in the value system Mm -hmm. that a lot of us are taught, but I think it's so important because if you're not kind of keeping that fire lit and keeping like that kind of curiosity and making room, you'll miss those things that you need and that other people need. Um, it's just, it's just paying attention. Yeah. And like we go, how often do we just do something and we just don't pay attention to whether or not like we don't remember like, oh wait, I didn't really enjoy that. I'm not going to do that again. Or I really enjoyed that. I'm going to find a way to do that again. Yes. And then I'm going to see where it takes me. And it's like one thing leads to another. Yeah. And it's, it isn't just about like having this thing, an idea and just perfectly executing it. It's like, it's following it. It's finding it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with like, making a drawing or a painting like mm-hmm. I have an idea but like as I start to as I start to draw it's more like a boxing match it's like yeah. action reaction it's like mm-hmm. I make a mark and I see what's happening and then I make another mark it isn't just me like forcing my will right. you yeah. know I need to see what's happening before I react yeah and paying attention to like what I like about what I don't mm-hmm. like about it yes I am I feel the same way. I never write lyrics until my piece is like finished because I feel like I have to like wait for the song to like tell me who it is and tell me like what it's about. And sometimes I'll have an idea of kind of like what sort of an emotion I want to go or like, you know, there's like just sort of a feeling or maybe even it's like, like a, like a, like a color or like a type of mm-hmm. lighting or you know, like something that I think like, I want it to feel kind of like that, but I don't know how I feel in that or something. Um, yeah, I, I totally feel that way about the stuff I make, but then I think in a lot of ways I execute my life very like to-do list, which is totally the opposite. So yeah, which is fine for you. Like, I mean, for sanity, but it's just like leaving room for some place in your life where 
it gets to be creative where yeah. you can like, man, just make a mess. Yeah. Like get messy and see what happens. Embracing mess is, it's, it's an important one. I'm learning. Not filth mess. Yeah. <laughs> Not squalor per se. <laughs> but things can get messy. A beautiful mess. A little clutter. Yeah. It's fine. Oh, dude. Well, I'm not struggling with that. I'm fine with clutter. Always have been. Um, yeah. All right. Well, where can we find you on the internet and things? Oh, wait. I Ooh. forgot. The last question I always ask is what's your dream project? My dream You can project. involve any type of artists, you can collaborate. You can be anywhere. Money is not an object. Oh my god! What's the dream project? I would have been so sad if I forgot to ask you that. That is a tough question. So you know, a dream a dream project probably for me would be to do like a really large painting, like just larger than life. Um, Maybe, and not necessarily a mural, but like a large painting like Jenny Seville size painting she does these huge paintings and just like biggest brushes I can find mm. the most I mean like I told you All I'm really paint. yeah I mean like we're talking buckets, buckets. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I'm like all I mean it just like money was no object and I could have as much paint as I wanted yeah I think just doing like a portrait like that would be probably yeah. just something I'd like to try yeah and just let it and in a space where I could just get in a really messy. beautiful big space. Yep. Sweet. Just brush as big as my body. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'd have, have to have to support. Go. Yeah. You, I was going to say you have to weight train. It's like a marathon. You have to like train. Like how work up to it. How big can I get one paint stroke? <laughs> yes. Yes. We, you'd have to like have some contraptions like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. All right. Hopefully okay. And it. then where do we find you on the internet? Um, well, my Instagram is um, L Fry F R E I underscore. Wait, one L, L Fry underscore one. If someone searches Lindsay Fry, they'll probably find you. Yes. So it's Lindsay with an A. I am Googleable. Yeah. You are Googleable. <laughs> we know it. We're sure it's Lovable true. and Googleable. Find that Sacramento home <laughs> magazine and yeah, you will and I'm find on Facebook it. under Lindsay Fry. Okay, Lindsay Fry. Lindsay with an A, F-R-E-I. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week. Bye.